Hallelujah. While you're standing, can we just give God another shout? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I sought the Lord and he heard me. In my day of trouble, I called on the Lord and he heard me. He picked me up out of the miry clay, put my feet upon a rock, established my goings, put a new song in my mouth. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Oh, from the rising of the sun. I know it's hot outside, but I still got a praise in my mouth. I still got a jump in my step. He's a good, good God. Tell your neighbor, I believe we're going to have church up in here tonight. Woo. Praise God. Let me, before we get into this word, what an awesome opportunity I have tonight to be able to stand in such an awesome church tonight. Everybody has an opinion, but man, I think we have the greatest pastor. He's my pastor too. And also, I think the greatest campus pastor over the Cleveland campus, Pastor Chris, Pastor Crystal. Oh, come on, somebody. You can do better than that. Hallelujah. If you go visit around a little bit, you'll find out how good you got it. Because you're not in a dead church. I used to tell churches all the time, I'd rather have to calm you down than try to resurrect the dead. He's a good, good God. I was with you folks a few, I guess it's been probably a few weeks ago when Pastor Chris was, had the opportunity to preach and what an amazing word he preached. And as I said and listened to Pastor Chris preach that morning, the Lord spoke to him and he said, he's digging up some wells. And God strategically placed this house in the right location there is a move of God coming that's going to shake the whole Bradley County area. There's some wells being dug right now, and the ground's hard, but they're digging. It's going to spread all the way up to Charleston, all the way up to Athens, all the way up into what they're doing in Athens, amazing church there. It's going to spread all the way toward Chattanooga. Chattanooga is going to spread to Cleveland. There's a shaking coming. There's a move of God coming. I don't know who appointed or who chose the songs tonight for the worship. And I'm sitting listening in the first song they sung. I'm standing here and I'm about to shout because they're right on target. And then I heard Brother Mason, what he was saying. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. It reminds me of years ago, I went to the opera one time and the conductor got up and he had a little baton and everybody was paying attention and he went and everybody was attention and he started orchestrating. And tonight, he orchestrated the music. He's orchestrated the worship. Woo! He's orchestrated the words that Brother Mason shared. And it's raining in here. The anointing of God is here. Where the anointing of God is, tell your neighbor, anything. I'm talking about anything. You might want to tell your other neighbor. I'm talking about anything. It's possible in this house tonight. Now, I know it's Wednesday night, and I know we look forward to Sunday and the worship and excitement of happening on Sunday, and I know he's the God of yesterday, today, and forever. But he's also the God of the right now. And so right now in this house, I am honored to be able to stand tonight and to deliver just a simple word to us, I believe. Been in much prayer about the service tonight. So if you have a Bible tonight, uh, a lot of this I could quote or I could read it off the screen, but I always 
I guess I was, I told somebody a while back, I think I was born at the right time. Because I've got a lot of old in me. But I'm not so old I can't adapt to some of this new. So when you get the new together and the old together, something powerful will happen. Oh, if I had time. So I'm going to be in the book of Mark chapter 10 tonight. Mark chapter 10. And again, thank God for the pastors that we sit under. Beginning in verse number 46, Mark chapter 10, verse 46 says, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out to Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Barnabas, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Woo. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort. Rise, he calls thee. And he cast away his garment, rose, and came to Jesus. And when Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto you? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go your way. Your faith have made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. And I've read that a lot, that scripture. But I want to talk to you tonight, and my assignment is simply this. Living your vision. Living your vision. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the anointing of God that's already here. I thank you for the power, God, that I have already felt. I thank you, God, that nothing is impossible in this house tonight. And, Father, I thank you for the worship. I thank you for the opportunity of giving. I thank you for the opportunity of sharing this word tonight, Lord. I thank you for what you're about to do. And when we leave this place tonight, Lord, I believe we'll all say it was good to be in the house of the Lord. Father, add to it. We ask you in Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Living your vision. Every individual who seeks to accomplish anything in your life, worthwhile in your life, must proceed to live out a God-given vision. A vision that's so awesome and powerful, it activates, impacts one's surroundings and serves as a change agent that moves the environment towards something better. A vision. One that's filled with so much life, it lives far beyond the visionary of him or herself. As it preceded by the power to impact a generation to come. See, one of the problems of today is seeing people who have no vision. Because we're truly living in a different world than we did just a few years ago. People by their actions, they're demonstrating the inability to see beyond the moment. They only deal with the here and the now. People who have a short-sightedness, which carries them to make bad decisions, selfishness, and filled with a tapping of one's own gratification, a way of thinking where one walks in a state of hopelessness, having the ability just to see beyond just simply where they are. They walk with no sense of real purpose. There's no direction for their destiny. No feeling for tomorrow, we're going to get there. No dream of something greater than where I am. No plan for their children and their children, children. People who are visionless, sightless, purposeless, and hopelessness. May I say there are fewer sadder affairs than to find one living and having no vision. 
Vision is the world's most desperate need tonight. There are no hopeless situations. There's only people who think hopelessly. Helen Keller, and that's a long time ago, but many may know who I'm talking about, but Helen Keller was asked the question, how does it feel to be blind? And she said, I would rather be blind and have vision than to be able to see and not have no vision. So preacher, what is this thing tonight called vision? Because we talk a lot in the church about vision. We have seminars about vision. We have conferences about vision. It's one thing to have a vision, but it's another thing to live the vision. It's one thing to talk the talk, but it's another thing to walk to walk. My question tonight, is the church simply living your vision? The last person most of us would look at to examine vision would simply be a blind man. After all, what can a blind man say to me about vision? When he can only see, he can't even see his own hand. A blind man that's surrounded by simply a curtain of darkness. What can he say to me about looking into my future? A blind man goes up, go his way by the tapping of a stick or by the power of a touch. What can a blind man say to me about simply vision? But can I say tonight that this man in our text is not an ordinary blind man. Matter of fact, his actions are about to speak to us tonight. He has a made up mind that he will live his vision. And as you look at the text tonight, you find that Jesus and his disciples, they're entering to a rich city called Jericho. And Jesus finds himself confronted by a man in a very poor condition. The Bible says that blind Barnabas, he sat by the highway begging. That in a religious circle, he would be considered to be under a spiritual curse. Living the vision is going to require some faith. The Bible says they came into the city. There was a blind man sitting by the highway. Thank you, Holy Ghost, I feel you. But when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, the Bible says he began to cry out. Now understand tonight, blind Barnabas was forced to live a life in total darkness. We have to understand that everything blind Barnabas learned or knew about this man called Jesus at this time was either obtained by the ability to hear or the ability to touch. We can assume he had, it came, he'd never came into contact with a man called Jesus. Everything he knew about was not based upon anything he had ever seen, but it was based upon what he had heard. And we can assume that he had already heard some certain things about a man called Jesus. We can assume he had heard about Peter's mother-in-law had been raised and healed from fever. We can assume he had heard about those 10 lepers that had been healed by the touch of the master's hand. We can assume he had heard about a man with palsy taking up his bed and running down the street. We can assume he had heard about the feeding of the 5,000 and, and having leftovers to take home back to his mother. We had heard, he had already heard about Jairus' daughter being raised from the dead. He did not see them, but he had heard about them. It's one of the things we must be able to do in this society, in the world in which we live. We've got to be able to hear beyond our present circumstance. We gotta be able to hear the voice of God in spite of all the chaos going on around us. Now, I didn't say we gotta see beyond our circumstances because how many of us tonight, and myself included, have you ever been in a circumstance where you could not see no way out? You couldn't see how God was gonna heal you. You couldn't see how God was gonna provide for you. You couldn't see how in the world, God, am I going to pay the bills at the beginning of the month? But based upon what I had heard, you stretch out your faith a little bit and you believe God will be, and you begin to stand on the word of God. So let me tell you what I believe Barnabas' faith did for him. As he was sitting by the wayside begging, as he was sitting there, he kept on hearing all the stories about a man called Jesus. He sat there in total darkness, but he kept on hearing about all the miracles and all the healings and all the things that this man called Jesus had done. And I believe as blind Barnabas sat there hearing, hearing, he began to meditate upon those stories. And every day when he got up, he thought about those stories that he heard about, about a man called Jesus. 
those words that he heard about a man called my God about Jesus, my God. He began to meditate upon those stories and focus upon that man called Jesus. And I believe he began to digest him and that it become a part of his spiritual digestive system or his DNA. He focused upon the stories that he had been hearing. And I believe as time went by, he began to form in his mind's eye a vision, if you will, what his life could be like if somehow, if somehow or another, if I could come in contact with that man called Jesus. I believe everything could change in my life. Not only did he have faith for his vision, listen to what else he had. He also produced in Barnabas a concept of who he believed this man Christ Jesus was. He was focused. He has something, a made up mind. He was gonna serve the Lord all the days of his life in spite of him being blind. In verse 47, he said, he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth he was passing by. He sat there in total darkness and he heard the crowd moving among him. He reached out, I believe, he assumed that he reached out and grabbed a hold of somebody. He said, hey, what's all the commotion going on? What's all the noise on that's going on? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth is about to pass by. I want you to notice something. I want you to notice the term that he used tonight. He said, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. You know, the man from Nazareth. Jesus, you know, the carpenter's son. Mary and Joseph's little baby, Jesus. You know Jesus. Jesus, you know the one who had the miracle birth. Jesus, the man from Nazareth, is about to pass by. But what I want you to notice is that it's not what, when he heard that from the crowd, but when he opened up his mouth to cry out, that's not what he said. When he opened up his mouth and cried, he said this, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Understand the term Jesus of Nazareth is spoke of his earthly identity. The term Jesus, the son of David, spoke of his heavenly identity. So what Barnabas was saying was, I know you, he's just an ordinary man from Nazareth, but based upon what I have heard about him, my faith tells me he's more than an ordinary man. He's the son of the living God. He's God all by himself. He's a miracle worker. He's a healing, and it's all based upon what I have heard. If your vision is going to come to pass, you've got to know tonight in whom you believe. You gotta know who you're dealing with. Who do you say that he is? Not what somebody told you, not what mama told you, not what your daddy told you, not what your mama told me. Thank God for all of them. But who do you say that this man is Jesus? I come to say tonight, he has been my healer. Anybody can testify, he's been my deliverer. I know the world says, once you're an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. Once you're a drug addict, you're always being an alcohol, a drug addict. But I heard a story of a man called Jesus that he can touch you. You don't have to go through no rehab program. You don't have to holler. You don't have to scream. You don't have to do nothing. All you got to do is say, Jesus, I need some help. And he said, if you call on me in your day of trouble, I will help you. And I come to say tonight, it don't take a long prayer. All you got to do is say, Lord, help me, help me. And he said, in your day of trouble, trouble, I will help you. If you call on me in your day of trouble, I'll show up and deliver you. My God, there's a spirit of deliverance that God is loosening in the earth. And there's a movement of healing that God's loosening in the church. And it's on the way. Oh my God. If you believe in a small God, you'll get small things. But if you believe in a big God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think about. Does anybody serve a big God tonight? I'm talking about an awesome God. You wanna talk about his grace? It's amazing. You wanna talk about his love? It's never ending. You wanna talk about his power? It's unlimited. You wanna talk about his mercy? It's new every morning. You got to know in whom you believe. 
Oh, come on, somebody. Let's look back a little bit. Come on, Moses. Can you talk to me just a little bit? Moses said, I remember I met the king of kings. I asked him, who do I say sent me in Exodus? Uh-huh. God said, that's a really good question because I am so many things. He said, God said, I am the light of the world. I am the living water. I am your deliverer. I am your healer. I am your buckler. I am your shield and I am your rock. I'm your fortress. He said, Isaiah said, he looked to the right. Then he looked to the left. He said, I looked beside me. He said, there was no other God like Jehovah. He's a friend to the friendless. God said, I I am the burden barrier. I am the problem solver. I'm the way maker, the soul seeker, the life transformer, the mind renewer. I am the body healer. Come on, Moses. I'm the church builder. I'm the storm calmer. I'm still the wave walker, the soul seeker, the promise keeper, the demon chaser, the debt payer, the load lifter. God told Moses, Moses, I tell you what, just tell Pharaoh, I am that I am. He was simply saying, I'll be whatever it is that you need for me to be. He said, I'll be your mama. I'll be your daddy. I'll be your brother. I'll be your sister. That's why he's worthy of our praise. Not only will the vision require faith and the vision will require focus. If we're going to live the vision, we've got to make up our minds as individual people of God that we're going to live the vision right in the middle of all the chaos and all the trouble that's going on. We've got to decide right in the middle of it all, right in the middle of the trouble. I'm going to get what God's got for me. I'm not going to let go, God, till you bless me. Mm, that's why I like Barnabas, because he's about to demonstrate to us the kind of determination that we need. If we're going to be all in, all in, the Bible says that the, the Bible says that Barnabas he cried out unto the Lord, "Have mercy on me, thou son of David." Watch this, Barnabas he been he been sitting by the wayside begging the whole time for years, and nobody bothered him. As long as Barnabas could just stay in his place, begging for hands out, nobody was bothering him. Watch this. But soon as Barnabas made up his mind and his opportunity had come, all of a sudden, the same folk who weren't paying him no attention, throwing pennies at him every now and then, all of a sudden, everybody begins to have a little bit of problem with him. As long as you're struggling, as long as you're as long as you're struggling in the corner, people will befriend you. As long as you stay in your place over in the corner, nobody will talk about you. But when you make up your mind, you're coming out. You're coming out. My family's coming out. My children's coming out. Everything I touch is going to be prosperous. Those same people will walk by you and won't even talk to you. They'll begin to have a problem with you. And when God anoints you to lay hands on the sick people are going to have problems with you oh some people well I just don't believe it well just keep on a living just keep on a living and you'll see what I'm talking about once you start walking once you start pursuing your purpose once you start living the vision that God's giving you and you're pursuing your destiny there are some people who are going to have a little bit of problem with you but Barnabas uh-huh, Barnabas got delivered from something and many of us need to be delivered from Barnabas mm, was delivered from people Ooh, 
We have prayer lines to get people delivered from lust, from drugs and alcohol. But we need to have a prayer line to get people delivered from people. Oh my God. Some of us, see some of us aren't doing what we're supposed to be doing because not drugs, not alcohol, but we're bound up by the opinions of people. If you only knew what God brought me out of. Oh, you ought to reach up and tell the devil tonight, you should have killed me when you had me down. You should have killed me when my life was a wreck. You should have killed me when I was drunk and I was on alcohol and I was on drugs. But when I met a man called Jesus, he gave me a turnaround and everything that. Oh, got to get delivered from people. You got to make up your mind. I'm serving the Lord in spite of everybody talking. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. You got to make up your mind. Your way is going to please the Lord. You got to let the chips fall where they may because I've learned something. You can't please everybody. If you drive a big car, you're flashy. If you drive a small car, you're cheap. If you dress up, you're extravagant. If you dress down, you're a bum. If you're friendly, you're a flirt. If you back up, you're stuck up. If you live in a big house, you got a lot of money. But if you live in a little house, you're poor. Just make up your mind. Put your feet on the ground and tell the devil, let everybody know, I don't know what you're gonna do, but far as me and my house, we're just gonna serve the Lord. I know it looks crazy for me to lift my hand. It makes you look crazy for an older man to jump. It makes you look crazy for a man to get a dance in his feet. But I don't give a rip. You don't know what God brought me out of. Oh, hallelujah. Just make up your mind. I'm gonna serve the Lord. The Bible says when a man pleases God, even his enemies will be at peace with him. Mm, tell your neighbor, I got a made up mind. I'm gonna be delivered. Tell somebody, I'm gonna be delivered from some folk that's been holding me down. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I got a made up mind to go where God's pulling me to. Let them talk, let them criticize, let them do whatever they got to do. I've learned God. God doesn't have a committee meeting with nobody before he blesses you. He'll bless you while people are talking about you. Somebody should have shouted right there. He'll bless you while people are criticizing you, while people are calling you a dog. But my God will be pouring out blessings on me. The more I've learned something. The more you talk about God's people, the more God blesses his people. Y'all gonna make me come down here. Oh my God. Barnabas, he was delivered from people. Just shake yourself a little bit. You know what? It feels good. It feels good to be free. Three people said amen. I said it feels good to be free. See, I remember, see, I, let me put it this way. I remember, I remember, this is before, before I met Jesus. It wasn't last week. I remember the first time I got arrested and put in jail. When I walked in, I was there probably two minutes in the check-in area. As soon as I walked in, within two minutes, I said, I need out of here. I don't belong in here. I do not belong in here. And I was there for 48 hours. I thought I was going to die. 
ain't never doing this again. Next weekend, back in again. I was in there about five minutes, and I said, I don't belong in here. I do not belong in here. Well, after you go about four or five times or more, back, back to jail, after a while, when you walk in, you don't say, my God, I need to get out of here. No. Now you're walking and going, what's happening, girlfriend? What's going on? How you doing? Where you been? What's happening, brother? Where you been, man? Yeah, man, I didn't do nothing either. And people are more familiar and more comfortable on living bound. The problem is, it's not in there. The problem is, when you walk out the gate and you're free, you don't know what to do when you're really free. That's where you gotta find you, hmm, a devil chasing, a sin killing, red hot, fire burning, seat running, clapping hands, Holy Ghost fire. You gotta find something that'll take the place of what you gave up. You can't go to some dead funeral home every Sunday morning just to pay your respects to what's dead. You gotta walk into the house of God because you've been through hell all week long and you done premeditated. When I get to the house of God this morning, I've been through hell all week long. I've been fighting the devil all week long. When I get in church this morning, everybody gonna think you're crazy because you start running and you start waving your hand and, yow, and you start shouting and people looking at you like, well, why don't he sit down? Why don't he be quiet? You don't know, brother. You don't know, sister. Yay, yay, sister. Flop, flop. You don't know. No, you got to get loose. And when God looses you, then you get a hold of the horns of the altar and you don't let go and you come to church and you wave your hand and you shout and you jump. And if they talk about them, let them talk about you. Watch how God blesses you this coming week. Ah, Barnabas, he got freed from people. If you're going to live your vision, you got to have a little faith. You got to stay focused on what is important. You got to make up your mind and you got to get delivered from people. We have to understand if you're going to live your vision, it won't always be convenient. Oh, Brother Mason said this while he was walking on the stage. Listen, we love in this instantaneous age, we want everything easy, microwaves, drive-throughs, www.livethevision.com, quick, fast, hurry in, Mac church, quick order services, and let's go. But if you're going to live the vision, you've got to be prepared to be inconvenient. Oh, it got quiet now, didn't it? Listen to this. Barnabas, the Bible says, was a very poor man. He was blind. He was a beggar. But he did own one thing. The Bible says he, the Bible called it a garment. It was everything to Barnabas. He slept on it. He covered up with it. He slept under it when it was raining. It was everything that Barnabas owned. I believe it wasn't a very nice garment. Perhaps it wasn't cashmere or even leather. The garment was probably comfortable. Anybody ever owned anything comfortable? An old pair of blue jeans an old bathrobe, my old T-shirt, two sizes bigger than I wear. I wear it around the house. My wife said, you can't go outside with that. She throw, this was one of those comfortable, it just feels good. Some of you got some stuff that your wife throwed in the garbage, and yet you went and got it back out of the garbage. Oh, I'm with you. Listen, if we're going to live the vision, one of the most difficult things to deal with is when God gets ready to call you out. 
of comfortable places in comfortable zones. There's a, there was a Barnabas is, to hear the voice of God calling him. Jesus, Barnabas, Jesus is calling for you. He had to make a choice. Jesus is calling you. He's calling you. Jesus is calling the church. He's calling the church. I've got to live this vision. So I've got to go. The Bible says Barnabas arose. He left his garment behind and he ran and went to meet Jesus. If you're just willing to leave your convenience and your comfortable zone, God said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you like I've never blessed you before. He said, give me your garment. Give me what you got and I'm going to reveal my glory. And he shared it tonight. He said, give me your coat and I'll give you Jesus. Give me your jacket, I'll give you joy. Give me that raincoat, I'll give you righteousness. Give me that fur and I'll give you the fire of God. Give me the leather and I'll give you life. Are you willing to be inconvenience? Are you willing to sacrifice? Because God is calling you. Barnabas, what do you want, Barnabas? Barnabas, if you study the scripture, he did not beat around the bush. He knew exactly what his vision was. He said, my vision all this time is that I may receive my sight. I want to be able to see. I want to be able to see. Barnabas, you've got to have faith when you couldn't see me. You stayed focused when you were distracted. You had a made up mind and you got delivered from people. You were willing to leave your comfort zone and your inconvenience. Barnabas, what do you want, Barnabas? The question comes from heaven to all of us tonight. The question comes from the throne of God tonight. What do you want from me? Vision. Vision. It releases something. Vision releases provision. With faith, with focus, deliverance from people, inconvenience, you're going, who I'm preaching to, you're about to come back. 10 times stronger than where you've ever been before. Increase is about to be released upon the house of God, upon his people. There's an acceleration of strength that God is releasing. A major shift will take place in your life and empower you like never before. The enemy may have knocked you down, but your comeback has been planned by the very hand of God. It's gonna leave the enemy very sorry that he ever messed with God's people in the first place. Today, when I talk to the people of God, today I was doing a lady's yard for her and I was mowing her yard and she come outside. I could tell she was distraught and she's crying. She's talking about her grandson that has recently went and had a sex change to be another gender. And she's just devastated and crying. I said, Lynn, are you okay? She said, she told me the story. She said, I don't know what it is. I got a pain in my neck right here. It runs down my shoulder. She said, I can't move my arm. It runs all the way down my side. When she got talking, I laid everything on the ground. I felt the anointing of God rise up in that lady's yard. I took my little hands. I, I laid them on the side of her head. I said, in the name of Jesus. I began to pray in that lady's yard. She began to speak in the Holy Ghost. Oh my God, it wasn't but just a few minutes, my little Hispanic little helper guy that was with me today, he come around the house with a weed eater and he saw me back there with my hands on this little woman praying and I'm rubbing the, get, wiping the weights off her life. A few minutes, it wasn't sad. I got to tell somebody, somebody's here. Weeping may have endured through the night, but there's some joy. I said, there's some joy. Y'all ain't hear me. I said there's some joy that's about to be released on the people of God. 
She come out there. She got to shaking in the Holy Ghost and jerking around. And a few minutes later, she said, I don't know where the pain went in my neck, but it's gone right now in the name of Jesus. You don't have to get prayed for at church. You can pray outside with your weed eater. He simply said, you're coming back. Reach over and nudge your neighbor until he's talking to me now. He's talking to me now. When I talk to the people of God, it's like a day like never before that I've ever seen. All the battles, all the grief, the hardship, the weariness, the struggles, the trials, the pain. But there's a turn that's about to take place for God's people. There's a turn. And the church is going to come back 10 times stronger than it ever has. Stronger in vision, stronger in provision. Because many in the body have lost their vision because of things that have been beaten down and confused. Many are discouraged. Many have been filled disconnected. But God is about to release a fresh vision for you tonight. Spiritual sight, discernment to know and discern the times and the seasons in which we live. There will be a significant provision that will be added to you in your home. You're going to see the Lord provide an unbelievable miracle direction, supernatural power to run where there has been intense weariness and pain and discouragement The power of God is breaking through for you. For you can run. For you can run. For you can run. Run not ahead of the Lord, but run in the spirit of God to accomplish more than you've ever accomplished in your whole life. The things the Lord has called you to. The things the Lord has called you to. The things the Lord has breathed upon you. Like Elijah He outran the chariots in 1 Kings 18.46. Weariness, weariness, discouragement has beat so many of God's people down for so long. But the Lord tonight is decreeing, no more. You're going to run and not get weary. You're going to walk and you're not going to faint. You are going to receive the miraculous breakthrough and the empowerment to do what you never could have done before. The pain has only been a measuring device to measure how much God's going to bless you. To the level of your pain is going to be the level that God is going to bless you with. It's going to use your trouble as a stepping stool to take you higher in the anointing of God and the church will arise above and you will see signs and you will see wonders and you'll see miracles and dreams are coming back and visions coming back and the old time power of God is coming back. Oh my God, there's a move of the Holy Ghost that's coming back. The spirit of restoration is going to be released over your house. Somebody should have shouting right there. Things that have been broken, God's about to put things back together for you. Things that have been hard are going to become easy for you. And there's a healing anointing movement that's about to sweep the earth. Acceleration over the things that you've contended for. Interceded over. Standing on the promises of God. There's about to be a manifestation. The Lord brought to my memory years ago, years ago, when I began to read the word of God. I wasn't a good reader, still isn't, but reading the word of God, and I read all the miracles and how all the things begin to happen in the word of God. And I was rolled back in my chair one night, and in my mind I'm thinking, if God walked up to me and asked me, what is it that you want? and I'll give it to you. I sat and thought about it. My answer to the question was simply this. God, I want a greater anointing. I want a greater anointing than I've ever had because sin is increasing in the earth. I'm not here to talk about that, but we all know that. And I've learned 
by experience, there's only one thing in the earth. There's only one thing that can break the yoke of bondage. There's only one thing that can take a messed up mind and put it back together. There's only one thing in the earth that can deliver an alcoholic. I remember going through 258 AA meetings one time and it's helped millions of people in the earth. It just didn't help me because I learned how to do it. Some of us have learned how to do it. My name's Tim Ashley. I'm a recovering alcoholic. That's what I say. Been sober three months. Hallelujah. Got my three-month ship. My name's Tim Ashley. I'm a recovering alcoholic and drug addict. Well, I got my six-month ship. And every night after my meeting, because I couldn't miss a meeting, because if I miss a meeting, I got to go back to jail. I ain't missing a meeting. So I went to meeting and went through the program. Got all my chips for three years. Got them all. But every time I left the meeting, I went to the nightclub on Brandy Road to free beer night. It's amazing because on the way to church tonight, there was a car in front of me and it had a bumper sticker on it. And the bumper sticker said this, how to avoid a hangover. See, a hangover is a downside of really an excitement the night before. Feel great. The better, the better you feel the night before, the worse you're going to feel tomorrow. How to avoid a hangover. And underneath it, it said, stay drunk. Boy, I thought about that. I'm going to preach that. Because the church now has a spiritual hangover. We go to church and it's almost become an addiction. We come to church and we feel real good. And we clap and jump and shout and do all that we do at church. Then we leave church and we go back to the regular schedule program that I'm supposed to live besides church. No, you ain't free. You need to get free. You need to get delivered. Oh, my God. My God. God is about to release stronger revelation in this word. You're coming back stronger in revelation in his word, where fear and discouragement has clouded your ability to see or hear what God is saying. I heard the Lord say, authority, my authority is about to rise up in the earth in greater ways, and the roar of the Lord within you will come forth loudly. They told me when I was a young preacher, they said, well, Brother Ashley, you're, you're young and everything, and as you get older and you get seasoned, you'll calm down. I don't want to calm down. Y'all didn't hear me. I said, I don't want to calm down. That's a prophetic word for somebody right there. You need to tell three or four people in your neighborhood there, I'm not calming down. God done too much for me. I'm going to be radical. God's looking for some radical folk. He's looking for some people to run with Jesus and hang out with Jesus and lay hands on the sick and shake Bradley County. Oh, my God. David said there's a dark cloud hovering over me. It's almost like I'm walking in the shadow of death. He wasn't dying. It's just a cloud that was over the community. He felt like he was dying. That's the way it is in Bradley County. But God planted a little church in Bradley County with a few hundred people, eight, nine hundred thousand. And God said, they're not just going to be regular people. Oh, some will. Some will be pillars. Some will be older. But I'm going to raise up a generation that's going to be radical. They don't want to sit down. They want to do something for the Lord. And when people say, be quiet, they're going to get louder. They're going to come to church. They don't worry about getting out at 1130 or 12. Whenever God wants to get out, we'll get out. But far as I'm going to do what I can, I'm going to shout. I'm going to dance. I'm going to praise God all the days of my life. God's going to use me like he's never used me before. That's the way you prophesy to yourself. In the morning, come and work with me one day. It's hot. Before you leave the house in the morning, look at yourself in the mirror. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. 
Man, I am blessed of the Lord. And you look good today. <laughs> You're anointed of the Lord. God's going to lead me somewhere today. I'm going to lay hands on somebody today. Somebody that's broken is going to get healed today. Somebody that's sick is going to be healed today. You speak to yourself even though it don't look good. Things are not as though they are. Chains will be broken at the sound of your voice through the revelation that God's about to release from you. When, where the enemy has worked so hard to hinder your faith, there's about to be a divine comeback in your life. Faith is going to increase in your life for a major breakthrough upon you in this divine comeback. Hearts will be radically transformed and many, many, I mean many, have been attacked physically in your body. You're about to rise up stronger in your body. There's a healing anointing that God's gonna rain upon his people with physical alignments of sicknesses. The Lord is breaking the cycle. He will arise with an anointing of healing to break sicknesses off your body. Uh, if anybody needs prayer, I need prayer. My wife needs prayer. Of all days, my wife was trying her best to make it tonight, but she can't hardly walk at home. And I told Sister Holly, I said, Holly, I believe God was going to give my wife a miracle in this house tonight. But all hell broke loose in her body and she's at home and can't hardly walk. But I'm fixing to pray for my wife and God ain't subject to just a building. Where the spirit of God is, there's a freedom. Oh, there's a liberty that God has. And God that I feel in here can go all the way to Long Hill Road where my wife is sitting on the couch right now. And before I get home, my phone can ring. I don't know what happened in church. I don't know what she preached about. But I felt the power of God. I felt the anointing of God. I felt something resonate through my body and it left me. Oh, God, let me close this out. People of God, people of God, stand with me. Be encouraged. The Lord is with you. He has seen your cries. He has seen your struggles. He has seen the battle. He's felt the weight, and he has not left you. He has decreed your divine comeback and it's going to take place now. Y'all ain't helping me. I don't want it to happen tomorrow. He can if God wants you to. But God, we're desperate. God, we need you to move. God, we don't need deliverance out there. We need deliverance in my house. God, I don't need prayer out there. I need prayer in my house. And the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, I'm in the midst of you even now, saith the Lord. Oh, my God. You're going to come back. Can I prophesy that God into my house? You're coming back. You're coming back. I said you're coming back. I said you're coming back. I don't care what the devil throwed at you or what life throwed at you. You're about to come back. Tell three or four people around you, you're about to come back. God says you're about to come back. You're about to come back stronger than you have ever been in your life. You're gonna be stronger. You're in a time of acceleration. You're in a time of acceleration, of increase in your spirit. Who am I preaching to, God? The storm that you've dealt with for a long time. I hear the Lord say, peace, be still. I got to tell somebody that walked in here tonight dealing with a storm, for a long time, the storm is about to pass. The sun is about to shine. Then I heard the Lord say, dead things 
are about to come to life. Come on, Lazarus, talk to me. He dead, Master, he dead. He's been dead four days, Master. He dead, he, he dead. Jesus walks up to the tomb of Lazarus and says, Father, thank you, Father. You heard me when I prayed. Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus was bound and he came out. I come to tell you tonight, God ain't changed. There's some, there's some prodigal daughters. There's some prodigal sons that seem to be dead. The enemy's, enemy's having his way. It seems like but the church is praying. The church is standing in the gap. It's made up its mind. Dead things are about to come to life. Then the Lord said, there's a new profound of freedom that I'm releasing on my people. Freedom to worship. Freedom to live. Oh, God. What was meant for your harm, the Lord has turned it around. Genesis 20, 50. So I'll close it right here. What do you need the Lord to do? We have not because we don't ask. But if you ask, believe. And nothing's impossible. If you just ask. If you just ask. Your one simple asking could open up the heaven. It could open up the heaven. Church, I, I don't know what you need. And I know that I'm going to close at 8.30. I know. Just give me five minutes. Five minutes. Sister Holly, come here. Just, just stand right here. She's going to stand in for my wife. Have I got a young man in here tonight, a young man that loves the Lord that's in his 20s, 30s that just loves the Lord? Just wave your hand at me. All right, come here, brother. You look radical. Not yet you're not. It's all right. Listen, man. You feel my heart, man. God been good to you, man. God set you free. Yes, sir. I got a son. I got a son, man, that needs to be delivered. The Bible says you can stand in and make up the hedge. I need you to help me. I need you to help me believe for my son. Yes, I need for you to help me. Now, listen. What is it that you need the Lord to do? All over this house, I'm going to close it. If you have a need of God, you say, Pastor, there's things I need to be doing. I need to get connected. I need to get involved. I need, Pastor, there's a work for me to do. I'm not doing nothing. I need for you to come. Come. All over the house. What do you need from the Lord? Come on. Just stand here with me, brother. Come. All over the house. What is it that you need from God? I know it's different for Wednesday night. Stand right here. We're going to represent my family in just a minute. Listen, the blind man, Jesus said to the blind man, what is it that you need? And the Bible says the blind man already had his mind made up. He already knew what he, he wanted. I need, I want to see. 
So whatever it is that you have need of tonight, if this is my last message I ever preach, I'm desperate. I want God to move, church. I want him to move, and I know he will. So we're going to pray. We're going to agree. Look at me. Everyone look. We agree with you. When we agree, nothing. Miracles will happen in here tonight if we'll believe. If you're back here in the back and you're standing here, you say, Pastor, I'm good. I'm good. I need you to help me. Can you just stretch your hand this way toward all of these standing in this altar tonight and believe with them? Will you help me pray and believe with them? Let's pray. Father, you said, God, if we agree by touching anything, if we're on a prayer team, come, help me pray for these right here. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm believing, God. I'm believing a breakthrough, God, of every curse, every spirit of addiction in the name of Jesus. Lord, I believe right now we don't have to wait another week. God, take away the taste. Take away the desires. Take away, God, and give him a Damascus Road encounter. God, I thank you. Lord, heal my wife. Give my wife a miracle, Lord. Lord, I believe right now, God, we are believing and praying, God, right now in the name of Jesus. Right now.